What's up guys? I'm driving. I'm hands-free, so it might be a little extra noisy, but I wanted to talk about debt flexing. This is a hashtag that I used the other day and realized I was the first person to ever use it, which is surprising because it's really obvious to me. But what debt flexing is, is when people go on the web, right? They go on the internet and they show off the shit that they have. The fancy jewelry, the exotic trips, the cars, the houses, the condos, the clothes, whatever it is. And I call it debt flexing because if you notice, when you see people who genuinely have money, right? People who are actually wealthy, the Bill Gates and Steve Jobs of the world, you never see them showing off their shit on social media or anywhere else for that matter. You never see them like getting out of a Ferrari or posing with a huge diamond or anything like that because it's just known they're wealthy and that's not the focus of their life. They clearly have money so they can afford the better things in life. So they're not flexing. They're not trying to make other people jealous. So what happens is, and especially now around the holidays, this is so important because so many people start feeling bad about themselves around the holidays based on what they can or can't afford. And especially this time of year, you're going to see a lot of engagements, a lot of new cars, a lot of big presents, pictures of people's Christmas trees with hundreds of presents under them and everybody flexing their debt, right? I call it debt flexing because that's what it really is. Because people who really have money or really have wealth, generally speaking, do not flex that online. Usually people who are really wealthy are super humble. They're rolling around in like house slippers and sweatpants or jeans and t-shirts and they're not flexing the fact that they have a bunch of money. They do have a bunch of money and I guarantee you that their houses are huge and their, you know, their cabinets are filled with the best of everything. But they're not flexing it because they don't need that attention. So I want to talk a little bit about, first of all, the jealousy and the debt cycle that this creates. And the, con- the consumer brands love this. It's their favorite thing. They want you to show off their products online because it's free advertising and it creates the illusion that you need these things in order to fit into society. That you somehow are less than if you don't have that new pair of Nikes or you are less than if you don't have that fucking Gucci bag or whatever it might be. And they love that, that it creates this social pressure to buy things that you can't afford. So first and foremost, to understand the proper relationship between consumer goods and you as a person, you need to understand how it really works, okay? For instance, if you're a person that makes $100,000 a year, then you can afford things that fit inside of your $100,000 per year budget, right? Makes perfect sense. If you make $100,000 a year, then you can afford things that fit inside of that $100,000 a year budget which depending on the size of your family may or may not be a lot of stuff. But that's the stuff that you can afford to buy and so that's the stuff that you should buy. And on a budget like that, you might buy a lot of mid, mid-level consumer goods and then treat yourself once in a while to something a little better, right? You save a little money, you get something a little better. Maybe you want a new pair of dress shoes and you look at the consumer brands, you look at the middle of the road stuff and you decide that you'd rather have a pair of Ferragamos, right? So instead of impulse buying, you save for a couple weeks and you get the better pair of shoes. That's what $100,000 a year looks like. You go up the ladder if you make $600,000 a year or $800,000 a year or a million dollars a year, you're no longer debt flexing. You're just buying inside of your budget. So things like a BMW or a Mercedes or an Audi, 
those are the level of cars that you can afford that fit comfortably into your budget. So that's what you might buy. And it makes sense. If you make $600,000 a year, you can certainly afford a seven or $800 a month car payment on a BMW or a Mercedes or a Jaguar or something like that. And those cars, in my opinion, are better than a Toyota or a Honda or whatever. Not saying that there's anything wrong with those cars. I drove economy cars for many years. But the point is, is that when you get to that level, you might say, hey, I want a German car. I want a BMW. I want a Mercedes. I think that they're better. I like this more. And you can certainly afford it. The mistake is when you make $50,000 a year and you buy the BMW or the Mercedes, which a lot of people are doing because you feel you need that as a status symbol. It's not about what you can afford inside of your income or what you think is nicer. And by the way, a lot of millionaires and billionaires drive Chevys and Fords and Toyotas and Hondas um, because cars aren't for everybody. And some people are just satisfied with a car that's reliable and gets them from A to B. And there's nothing wrong with that. Cars should have never been a status symbol. Cars are about what you like to drive, the options and features, right? What you personally like and, and buying based on off of those preferences and buying inside of your budget. So what happens is the people who are out there showing off the rings and the jewelry and the vacations and the condos and the cars that are making you feel bad about yourself or making you feel jealous, they're actually not wealthy. They're just fucking fakers, man. They're debt flexing. They're flexing goods that have put them into debt that they can't actually afford to have. Because your pal that's making 80 grand a year selling pharmaceuticals at an entry level definitely cannot afford that brand new BMW that he's driving. He definitely couldn't afford to take the three exotic vacations that year. He's using American Express and he's using Visa and MasterCard. He's putting it on credit. Or even if he's not putting it on credit, he's absorbing any possibility to create real wealth. You see, real wealth is created by saving money. First step is saving money. Once you've saved a lot of money, then you continue your practice of saving, but you split that savings up and you diversify by investing some of your savings. So I tell an average person today, a realistic goal should be that whatever your total monthly debts are, right? Your housing, your food, all of your bills, whatever they add up to for a month, you should save three times that amount. So you always have three months worth of bills in savings and in the bank. That's like entry level, that's starting position, right? If you can get to that point, then keep going and try to get five months or six months till you get up to you have a year in the bank. But that has nothing to do with retirement. That has nothing to do with future planning. That's just getting to a comfort zone where you know that if you were hurt and you couldn't work or if something happened and you needed time off or you lost your job or whatever it might be, that you and your family are going to be taken care of for however many months of bills that you have saved, whether it's three months, which I highly recommend as the baseline three months a year's worth, whatever it might be. But once you get to that comfort zone of you've got, let's say, six months of bills saved in the bank, right? Then you start to diversify those savings. You keep saving at the same level, but then the next time you go to deposit, you take half of that money and you put it into something, whatever you want to invest in that you think can earn you some money. So whether that be a money market or a stock or a bond or a small business or a mutual fund or a 401k, I don't care what it is, but you start diversifying and investing that money into other things. So if you're the guy that makes 80 grand a year and you're driving the $80,000 car with a $1,000 a month payment, chances are, even if you're not doing it on credit, you've definitely created some debt with that lease or that loan, 
but you're absorbing any possibility to create real wealth because real wealth, again, is created by saving and investing. First, you have to save money so you're in a comfortable position to start investing. And once you start investing, the idea is to grow your money. But you're making smart investments. You're not investing all of your money. You're investing half of what you're saving. So just to use really small round numbers, if you were saving $100 a week, right? That's a really small amount of money. If you're saving 100 bucks a week, that's what you used to be doing, and you got to the point where you had your bills covered and you had your savings established, then you'd start taking $50 of that every week and putting it into an investment, and the other 50 would continue to go into savings. The idea was that you would be able to grow that $50 that you're putting every week into $75 or $100 over time, right? You continue to grow it and grow and keep putting more and more money in and keep your investments going while you continue to save. And this is just a quick like tutorial on how you save money and how saving money and investing is how you create real wealth. The fastest way to be not wealthy, the fastest way to lose money is by buying things that are outside of your budget that you can't afford. So when you go around, especially this holiday season, and you see all over the internet people flashing and debt flexing with all the shit they have, do not feel bad about it. Do not allow that to make you feel any type of way about yourself or what you have or that you're not good enough because these people are fucking themselves. They're creating a cage of debt that they will probably never get out of and they will never attain real wealth. And when we talk about wealth, I want to clarify something. We're not talking about millions or billions of dollars. To me, wealth is comfort and stability. So if you know that you're comfortable and you're stable and you've got enough money and savings to cover any catastrophe that might happen to you and you've got health insurance and life insurance and your family is taken care of in all regards and your retirement is secured, that's wealth. That means that you have more than what you need. That's wealth. Wealth is stability and security. You could be wealthy being a middle-class person. Because if you're 50 years old and you've already got your retirement established and you've got college funds set up for your kids and you've got health insurance and life insurance and a year of bills saved in the bank, you've got wealth, my friend. And that might not equate to millions or billions of dollars. That might just equate to you've got enough to take care of what you need to take care of and you're not in any kind of a dangerous position. Then in my opinion, you have become wealthy. It doesn't mean you're going out and buying mansions and benzes just means you've got enough to take care of life's needs, which takes the pressure off of you and allows you to live and enjoy your life. You don't have to work so hard to chase paper, right? You don't have to kill yourself chasing the almighty dollar. You've got it. You've established it. So debt flexing is bullshit. It's insecure people who are not secure with who they are. They are not secure with what they have. They don't feel good enough or strong enough inside with what they have to offer the world. So they think that they can impress and make other people, impress people and make other people jealous by flashing around items that they somehow acquired. Guaranteed they acquired those items through credit, credit cards, loans, and they've created a prison of debt around themselves. When I see those people, I laugh. Now I'm not talking about occasionally someone being excited about something they got and sharing it on social media. Remember, social media is a place for sharing with your friends and sometimes people get things that they're really excited about. I remember when I got my first car that wasn't a piece of shit, I was really excited about it. And I shared some photos online and I took some flack for it. A lot of people thought that I was debt flexing. And instead I was like, well, first of all, I can afford this car. Second of all, I paid for half the car in cash up front. 
So I had a very small car payment, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hurting myself, but I didn't share it to make anybody feel jealous or upset or to try to act like I was a big shot. I was genuinely proud of it and proud of myself. So sometimes your friends are going to share, especially engagement rings and things like that. But you guys know what I'm talking about. When people share those classic photos of them in front of the boat they just bought or their pimped out living room or their bling bling or their fucking hot car or their exotic vacation, they're trying to fill a hole in themselves of insecurity where they don't feel like they have enough to offer the world and this is the only way to make people like them or think that they're a big deal or to make other people jealous is by debt flexing. So ignore the fucking debt flexing, especially this holiday season. Put it behind you. The amount of money you make is in no way a determination of your value as a person or what you have to offer or who you are. As a matter of fact, the people that are debt flexing are the weak people. They're the people that don't have anything to offer and they're the people that are going to end up not having enough money to retire, drowning in debt by the time they're in their 40s, 50s, or 60s, not having a leg to fall back on, end up living with their children. You know what I'm saying? These are the types of people who don't plan for the future. They're living in the moment. They're gratifying themselves with possessions that lose value quickly, that won't have any value later. They're not saving and they're not generating wealth by investing. Okay, guys. That's it for today. That's my blurb. If you like anything you hear, always hit me up on social media. Instagram is my preferred platform, at The Real Zach Neal. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Snapchat. You can hit me up any of those places, but Instagram is my preference. Have a great week. Talk to you guys soon.